Contrary to popular belief, our experience of life is not determined by our external circumstances, but rather by our emotional state. Too often, we get addicted to emotional states that we don't actually even really like, but we prefer them because they are familiar. How much time do you spend chasing material things or trying to manipulate your external circumstances in order to feel good? How much money do you spend on things to make yourself feel better emotionally. Most people, including myself when I'm not paying conscious attention, spend so much time and energy worrying or getting angry about things that we literally cannot control. We control our own experience of reality by our emotional state. The more we can stay in elevated emotions, the better our experience of life will be independent of the external events and circumstances. The good news is that we have the power to shift this at any given moment. We also have the power to train our brains to think in a positive, uplifting way and focus on the things that we want instead of the things that we don't want, thus creating the best possible experience of our life and opening ourselves up for things that we do want to flow into our life. Focusing on the negatives or stressors and the things that we have no control over actually brings down our emotional vibration and thus we experience more unpleasant emotions. For example, have you ever had a beautiful dinner in an amazing setting and been sad or angry and from the outside the experience would have looked amazing but your internal experience of it was not? It's because of your emotional state in that moment. The opposite is true as well. For example, I remember one night when I was living in Harlem, which is the ghetto of New York, in an apartment that, let's just say, was less than hospitable from the outside. (laughs) We had no furniture at the time, cockroaches, a huge leak in our ceiling right above our kitchen that was leaking brown water for two weeks. Um, rats, and the list goes on. Because we had no furniture, we were eating dinner sitting on the ground with plastic cutlery, but I remember laughing so hard and was having so much fun because I was surrounded by amazing people that I vibed with, and I was loving life. From the outside, hearing the story, if you just said the circumstances, one would have likely jumped to the conclusion that it would not have been a good experience, but it was because of my emotional state at the time and the energy and the people surrounding me. This is why some of the poorest countries in the world have a lot of the happiest people and vice versa. I remember when I went to Cuba with my school on an exchange in grade eight, I believe, Um, We went to some districts where these people had nothing, like next to nothing. They were living in what we would consider a tent, Um, but they had so much joy in their life because their emotional experience of it was so elevated, whereas I've met people who are literally billionaires and are so unhappy because their emotional experience of life is at a lower vibration. 
Now, I am definitely not saying that material things don't contribute or aid in our level of happiness, joy, and our overall experience of life. They absolutely can. I am saying that they don't determine your experience of life. And if you frame your belief system to your benefit, you can have an abundance of things in your physical reality and have an extremely joyful experience of life. Or if you frame it in a different way, you can have neither or you can have just one. You can be super, super wealthy and miserable or you can have almost nothing and be super joyful. It's all dependent on your belief system and the experiences that you draw into your life based on your emotional signature. So the more we can focus on the positives and the things that we want to manifest, the better our experience in life will be. And ironically, the more we'll be able to draw things to us that make us feel good. So focusing on what you want, what you do want, and not focusing on what you don't want is key. So focus on what you do want. Don't focus on what you don't want. I want to make a point here which is often misunderstood. When we're focusing on something that we want in our life, but it's not present currently, and we're feeling this lack of whatever it is, that's actually not focusing on having the thing that you want. That's focusing on the lack. So that's focusing on what you do not want. It's not helpful ever to focus on something that you want, but you think you, think you won't get or you're not worthy of receiving or will never come to you because that's focusing on the lack thereof instead of having it. When we're focusing on manifesting things, so to speak, in order to get them, we must embody the feeling of actually already having them. And I think the reason that sometimes or often we focus on the lack of or the negative things is because we get addicted to unpleasant emotions sometimes um, that we don't even like or enjoy feeling, but we go to them and we create situations or we focus on things that bring them up because they are familiar. So we unconsciously draw these things into our life or focus on the things that keep making us feel this feeling because there's a bit of a comfort in this feeling of familiarity even though we don't like the emotions. We can be addicted to them. It's good to ask ourselves as human beings why we are focusing on something. For example, One can focus on something that makes them angry to bring up the emotion of anger, not necessarily because they enjoy feeling it, but because it spikes their cortisol levels and makes them feel alive. Pay attention because we do this more often than we realize. Once we become aware of this, we can start to pivot and focus on the things that bring up more pleasant emotions such as joy and focus on those instead as well as reframing any negative thoughts into positive ones. A common issue is that sometimes as human beings, we don't take full responsibility for creating our emotions. Um, It's super easy to think that something out there in the world is making me feel like this. Things in the outside world can trigger us, um, but the more conscious we are and the the more empowered we become, 
and then we realize that we actually create our emotions as a result of the paradigm that we're, we're living through and the belief systems that we have. So we really do choose our emotions, thoughts, and that's our actions in any given moment. We're just unaware of it at times. A good exercise is to start to become aware and pay attention to when your mind goes to somewhere or something in order for you to feel a certain emotion that you don't even like. For example, to feel frustrated, angry, or upset, or anxious in order to have a cortisol rush. Even if we don't like feeling these emotions, a lot of the times we get addicted to them because Cortisol is super, super addicting and it makes our body feel alive, which is better often to feel alive than to feel nothing. But in my view, it's better to feel and experience elevated emotions than lower ones just in order to feel alive because the elevated ones actually have a calmness and a peaceness and an aliveness to them as well. Um, That's very beautiful in my experience. But in order to get there, we need to first work through unhooking our addictions to these lower ones um, that give us a spike of cortisol or a rush of adrenaline in times that we don't necessarily need it. And another note on that is when we're in fight or flight and we get that cortisol um, rush or the rush of adrenaline, our body can't actually heal itself because all of its energy resources are going to the fight-or-flight response instead of being in homeostasis and allowing that energy to heal your body. Our bodies need to be in balance in order for that to happen, which I think is why stress causes so many illnesses in modern-day society. I know for myself, my serving job often gives me a cortisol rush when I get super busy and stressful and in terms of getting things done I thrive in that energy but I don't necessarily like feeling the stress although I found myself getting addicted to the cortisol rush and the adrenaline rush that it gave me because it basically lit a fire under my ass and woke me up um But long-term staying in that high, high stress is not healthy. And I realized I can still do my job without the need for these high levels of stress for extended periods of time. I mean, if, if it's just for a couple minutes when you have to get a lot done and it gets really busy, that's fine. But sometimes it'd be, I'd be working doubles and be in this high level of stress for 14 hours. And the next day I would be literally dead. So when I started to become aware of this, I realized I can do my job with a sense of ease and still get everything done and actually get it done more efficiently because I'm not wasting energy being worried about things that I actually can't control. Um, For example, food taking too long or whatever it might be. The bar just got super slammed. This goes for life too. So much of the time we focus on things we actually can't control And it creates all this stress in our life and hinders us um, and holds us back from doing 
and taking action on the things that we actually can control to move us forward. And it can be paralyzing. So the Coles notes on this is that often we get addicted to motions that we don't even like in order to feel awake and alive instead of lethargic. Um, but we can replace those with higher motions once we become aware of them and what our unconscious thought process is that triggers them. So focus on the positives. Don't waste your time and energy on things you can't control. And put your energy into creating the things that you want to happen instead of worrying about the things that you don't want to happen. Because your thoughts become things. So if you are focusing on the absence or lack of something, not having the thing that you want, you're probably going to get more of the lack. But if you focus on the feeling of already having it, and owning that and doing what you can that's in line with that you'll probably get that okay jail so you and i are here because we're trying to figure it out our purpose in life <laughs> and, whether we're, and whether we're on the right path to our purpose hopefully a lot of people can relate anyway so yeah women talking of a purpose uh so how do you know like how do you know you're on your purpose or which question do you mm -hmm. want to answer first? Like, you know, what is your purpose or what is this thing that people keep talking about purpose, purpose? Yeah. So I think the purpose um, for me is the why in anything, why I do something and talking about why the why is the most important for me is like, because that is your purpose. That's what's going to drive you. If you have a strong purpose and a strong reason that you're viscerally um, attached to or in line with, then you just kind of do it. Or I just kind of just do it, regardless of if I'm tired or fear comes up. And fear for me is huge. Um, but now I've ha I have tools to go beyond my fear from a higher, a higher level of consciousness because so, I recognize it and I move through it. But sorry, to answer your question, it's a body feeling in me um, because I'm clear on, on what I want to do now, not the things that I'm going to do in my life, but what I want to achieve yeah. and why. Um, it's easy if it's in line with my values. And if it's not, then it's, it feels, it's like a body feeling of, oh, I don't want to do this. Do you think that us young people have a lot of pressure on us? Because oh. since I was a kid, I've always had this, like, my parents, like, you know, like, you know, this is important, like, literally, like, driving you to have a purpose in life. So where does this idea of purpose comes from? Is it our own choosing or is it the choosing of our peers and our family and the education system and Oh, like, are we pressuring ourselves with this? We need to know our purpose. Um, what do absolutely. you absolutely? There's a lot of pressure. I actually had a conversation this morning, and with all of this going on, my dad said, "Well, what do you want to do with your life?" And I'm like, "That's a loaded question, Dad." And then I started thinking, and I've been thinking about this for so long. I know I want to touch, move, and inspire humanity, and I want to show them that we're all the same in our humanity and like to lead with love instead of, instead of fear or like 
anxiety of I need to be the best, whatever. Like, why? Why do you need to be the best? What is the best? What is success? Um, so I absolutely think there is so much outside pressure. And I think for the first time, I told my dad just exactly what I thought. And it was like probably so, I'm like, it's not mainstream. Because um, he basically asked if I want to go back to school. And I do for holistic nutrition and healing. And I was looking into one specific program that talks about the mind, um, which is exactly what I've like been looking for being more important than like the actual nutrition aspect. Um, and they are so intertwined. And I, I'm just like, I was thinking, oh, I could go back to university. I could get my master's. But like, I don't, for me, it's a visceral feeling of, I don't want to do something that isn't in line with who I want to be. And that vision of like helping humanity. This is why I wanted to become an actor. And this is also part of the reason that I'm doing this because like, I want to help people have clarity on their life and, um, and give them tools that have helped me and helped me on a daily basis of, of working through emotional issues, traumas, and seeing things differently from a different level, which is a mo much more emotionally healthy experience of life and what I'm doing. Um, but I absolutely, I think there's both. I think there's those of us who, who follow what their family wants to do um, or wants them to do and teachers want them to do, their parents, their friends. And then I think there's those who pursue really what they believe in. And like from seeing this, over the last however many years since I graduated high school, those people who I saw follow what just what their families wanted them to do are very, very unhappy. Maybe they're more stable, but most of them are very, very unhappy. And those who followed what they truly wanted, what they were um, passionate about, which sometimes is what their family was supportive of. It just like depends on the family. They're the ones truly like joyfully living life because I think they consciously made that decision because it's, in line with who they want to be. So how yeah. did you, how did you like um, separate, like how did you figure out in your young life? Because I know that when we're young, our parents like literally like programming us for us to like take the path that they think is like right for us and stuff like that. So how did you as a young woman like came to the realization that, you know, to be able to separate what you think your parents wants you to do and what like your heart's calling you to how were you able to like to um to escape that and and follow your your yeah. path which a lot of people think you know which a lot of parents are afraid of like to follow the arts because they call it what oh yeah starving what starving the, artists the starving artists you know so how yeah. do you like deviate from like loving your parents you know wanting to please them and then to like really standing your ground like what was that journey like yeah um it's a constant thing i decided to um turn down ivy business school which is one of the probably the top business school in canada i love math i love calculus i like i like business for me like going to business school would have been like okay i'm good at this whatever and um you but it, Ivy League Business School? It, Ivy in London, Ontario. It's, wow. it's the Ivy Business School. It's at Western. 
Um, it wasn't easy for sure. Had a lot of turmoil with my parents, but during that time, but, um, I, for me, every significant decision I've made that led me to the path that I'm on has been because of a major injury that one's figure skating. I couldn't skate anymore. I lost my creative outlet. I worked in office for a bit trying to figure out, um, what I wanted to do. And then that was the following year that I got into Western. Um, and I was just like, when I lost skating, I'm like, I've always wanted to be an actress since I was two. But when I lost skating, it was like, whoa, I just lost all my creative like outlet. Like, and the working in the office aspect, which lasted like a month and a half, I think, I was so unhappy. And I wanted like, not actually, and I shouldn't joke about this, but like, I was like, I'm going to commit suicide if this is the rest of my life. Um, it wasn't quite to that point, but it was like, whoa, I can't do this. Like, I was so depressed. And so I decided to become an actor and um, told my dad and he wasn't happy. And he's like, get out of my house. So, um, yeah, I decided, okay, I'm going to go to business school, but not that business school. I went to Haskane um, in Calgary and I studied acting full time on the side. And then somehow I made it to New York to study for two years. And then again, like a few years ago, I, after I'd moved to Vancouver, after I graduated, from the neighborhood playhouse, I got really injured. Um, I broke my arm and was like looking at the last few years because once I got here, I wasn't really pursuing what I wanted to pursue. I was living in fear, like hustling, not serving jobs, three serving jobs at one point, at one time at one point. And it was like the fourth time I'd gotten injured that summer. And I was like, oh, is this like the universe telling me something? Um, which I learned in retrospect and that was like the most auditions I probably ever had callbacks I've ever had um, when I was injured. And then I started to reassess, Whoa, what am I doing? And then again, when it healed, I got into the same pattern and then something fell into my lap. Um, meditation, of course, that I was gifted. I was totally not into it at the time, but it changed my life and it's given me like so much clarity on things I want to pursue and who I'm now I'm seeing there's more than one option of like, it's like who I want to be and what I want to provide to the world. What value can I add to the world? How can I help people move through their traumas? Like I've learned to move through mine and trust me, I've tried therapy. I've, tr I've tried everything in the book. Um, it was really only the energy, the trans, the energy transmutation, I think is what it's called, through meditation and journaling together that really helped me. And it was not easy. I love meditating now. When I started, I hated it. I cut through like all my meditations for like an hour. I'm like, this sucks. And then I was so tired after. And now I'm like, oh, it's like this blissful feeling and then having clarity and then ideas just come to me. And I'm clear on like what I want to do and what I uh, just even the smallest decisions like should I go to this or should I not go to this? Is it in line with who I want to be? Is it like uplifting my energy or is it actually draining me? And just on a daily basis making these decisions over and over and over again. Wow, that's beautifully said. That's beautifully said. how did you 
And how, when, not how, but when do you feel like you're on your path? And when do you not feel like you're on your path? Okay, when do I feel like I'm on my path? Um, this is going to sound super cliche, but it feels quite energetic, you know? No, not at all. That doesn't sound cliche. When it feels... It feels cliche because, you know, I was looking at, okay, how do you know when you're on your purpose? I was Googling it this morning and it was like, you feel energetic. You feel like you're moving towards it. And I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. But it is, it, it, it does have like that visceral feel where there's a lot of joy and happiness. And I don't actually have to like, you know, like beat myself up to like get the thing done. Like, you know to 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 absolutely um so that's when i know that yes i'm on my path like you know like i'm enjoying acting and and this is wonderful but then here is the kicker when something happens when something happens where where it's like the struggle like you know Mm -hmm. like when you get attached to a certain role and you really want it and then you don't like get the call back or you get a bad feedback that's when it becomes really difficult where it's like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Myself, am i on is this the right path mm-hmm. or is this not the right path am i on the right path because it's not feeling good right now right so now, so now it's like so now there is this like dichotomy where it's like when it feels good it feels like I'm on the right path when it doesn't mm-hmm. feel good. It feels like I question whether I'm on the right path. So but doubt, absolutely. I think I know I'm on the right path because whenever I doubt and I give a little bit of break, you know, where maybe that month I may not have auditions or stuff like, like a lot or who knows what happens, like, or maybe mm-hmm. I take like a two-month vacation away from the industry when I'm on that in that moment where I'm away from it and I constantly like think about it and the um the the good outweighs the bad you know Mm -hmm. when I could like when I'm craving wanting to coming back that's when I know I'm on the right path because it's like well, I still want to try. I still want to give it a go, even though it's difficult and it's challenging me and it's kicking me and it's kicking my ass. <laughs> I still have this interest to see it through. So Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe somebody out there does know. Like, how do you know when you're on your right path? And is it okay to doubt when you're on, when you feel like you're not on the right path? Is that okay? I don't I know. Th- yeah, I mean, I think in anything, there's always going to be these moments of doubt. And I've definitely experienced that. And like, I'm quitting everything. Next thing you know, that happened to me a few weeks ago. I was like, so tired. I had a day, a lot happened. I had, yeah, anyways, the, that night I left class. It was like midnight. And I'm like, I'm quitting. I'm quitting acting, I'm quitting class, I'm quitting life, basically. And then the next day I got shortlisted for the audition I had that day. And I was like, whoa, what? It's it's been a while since that happened. And then I ended up booking it. And and then like, again, I, there was, I had a a breakdown 
I don't know, like a tough class. And I just, I had a break, half of my class had a breakdown. We, it was a, fr a Friday the 13th class. This was right when the virus started. And I was like, I can't do this. I just, I can't do this. It's so hard. I can't deal with all these emotions. And then I told my friend, I'm like, I'm quitting. <laughs> and like, she's like, don't quit. The next day I went for a long bike ride and I was like, I can't quit. Even if I want to quit, I just can't quit because I love it so much. And it's like that struggle, like that's the struggle of life, I think. And like for me, when I'm on my path or what have vision and like I know why I'm doing it, then it's like during those times, like even if you want to, like it's like you can't because there's something stronger than yourself and something bigger than yourself behind why you're doing it. And when you don't have that, it is easy to just quit. Like whatever you're doing, your business or, or if you're an actor or um, an, yeah, like an entrepreneur, a doctor, a real estate agent, whatever you are, if you don't have a strong why, like you can let those setbacks really, really sabotage you because it's that fear, right? But I think we're going to have those in any career and anything we do. Yeah. And if you're enjoying the journey and fulfilled in the journey for the most part, it's about the journey anyways. Mm. You know, it's the alchemist, that, that book. It's like, if you're just doing something to get to the top at the end of the day, when like, you're like on your deathbed, like it's not gonna, if you didn't enjoy the process and you weren't fulfilled in the process and have a strong meaning behind why you're doing it, then like, what's the point? So you can enjoy the glory for like a minute. Like, no, you're not even going to enjoy it then. In my view. You know what? I know like we're running out of time and we have to yeah. close this. But I would like us for us to talk next about like overcoming fear. Absolutely. Absolutely. Fear is the biggest sabotager in anything. How, um, do, we, yeah. How do we overcome our our fears to go for what we want right so yeah I, I would love to talk about that because cool. in finances i mean the markets right now like reading books about it and like w tracking over the years and like investments like and trust me i experienced that i'm like oh my savings is in the market like let's pull it out no because then i'm gonna lose half of what i put in there but and there's books that talk about this and i want to like give a cole's notes of like simple investing tips so many people don't know how to invest. So um, let's save this for the next. Yes, <laughs> and relationships. Awesome. Fear can ruin relationships. I can't wait for you. Yeah, on flying high okay. on consciousness. <laughs> Love it. Okay. Nice. Okay. So I'm gonna pause this. <laughs>